It's our privilege to make these messages available to you. We pray that the Word of God will richly bless you. So let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Amen. You may be seated for a few minutes. Let's teach the Word real quick. Praise team, you can be dismissed. Brother Frank, if you'll stay on the keyboards with me. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Tonight we're going to weave this communion service into a healing service. I say we are. We believe the Holy Ghost to do it, the Spirit of God to do it. Sickness and disease in all of its form. Part of the fall that happened to mankind in the garden. Man was totally unfamiliar, totally unfamiliar with sickness and disease, the longevity of those that lived in the book of Genesis. Men lived, I think Methuselah lived, what, 958 years, something like that. Those men just didn't know how to die. They didn't know how. Man had to learn how. Uh, they didn't understand that the physical body could deteriorate. Now, 6,000 years later, the human body is in a tremendous state of deterioration on our planet. Sickness, disease, as, evident by, as evidenced by the massive amount of hospitals and care facilities and uh, uh, pharmaceuticals and you, you name it. I mean, it's, uh, it's uh, all over our planet. And thank God. Thank God for it. Amen. I like what old Robert said. He said, any type of healing power has to be of God. And so... Uh, you know, when we gather as the body of Christ, uh, one thing we proclaim, declare and practice around here is God's healing power or divine healing. And, uh, you know, the body of Christ should not be sick. Let me say that again. The body of Christ should not be sick. Actually, healing should be used as an evangelistic tool to bring people to Jesus, to bring people to the cross, to bring people into salvation. Healing should be used as that. The problem is that so many believers live way below their rights and privileges in Christ. Therefore, sickness attacks the body of Christ. Uh, the devil does not have a right to do it. But remember that his nature is criminal. He does it anyway. He does not have to, the right to make you sick, but he makes you sick. The Bible speaks of Jesus in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. We can determine by the Word of God that, he, that sickness and disease is oppression from the devil. Stealing your health. Uh, robbery of your health steals your peace of mind, your money, uh, your life. It, 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 it does not give anything to you. It takes from you. And God doesn't want you sick. Nowhere in the Word of God can you prove to me that there's anything in the Word of God about God putting sickness or disease on people to teach them anything. And Jesus bore all of our sickness, all of our disease, any injury we may suffer. He bore it on the cross so that we might be healed. And God wants the body of Christ living in a perpetual state of divine health, not having to be healed all the time. Amen. Now, you've got to use wisdom. You've got to practice that. You've got to look out for yourself. You've got to take care of yourself. But then when you are, you are attacked, you have to believe God by faith for healing in your body. And you've got to walk that out. Now, tonight, in connection with the communion service, 
The Apostle Paul writes to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. You can turn there. We'll begin there. And then we'll go uh, into chapter 12. May go over to Romans 12, but basically 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 11 and chapter 12 tonight. The Apostle Paul brings revelation for heaven on the communion ordinance, which is a very amazing reality in that he was not there. And there were other men in the, uh, in the Bible uh, that were allowed to write Scripture in the Bible that God did not use them who were present at that last supper, supper where communion was initiated. And he did not allow them to write about it. He, he had the Apostle Paul write about it. Now, I want to begin, usually we begin right there in around verse, so we usually start in around verse 23. I want to back all the way up to verse 17. Verse 17, I'm going to read it in the King James. It says, Now in this that I declare unto you, the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Galveston, he said, I praise you not. He said, I'm fixing to talk to you about something that I'm not very happy you're doing. He said that you come together not for the better but for the worse. Now what he's saying is when you gather together, it ain't helping people, it's hurting people. You're not gathering for the better, you're gathering for the worse. It says, uh, for first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. Now literally the Apostle Paul says, this church is split. Even though you may gather together on a Sunday or a Wednesday or whenever you gather together, you're, you're all divided. You're divided uh, when it comes to doctrine. Actually, if you stuck, uh, study the book, book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, they were divided uh, when it came to doctrine. They were divided on who their favorite preacher was. Some of them said, I'm of Paul. Others said, I'm of Apollos. They were divided when it came to morality. They were also divided when it came to the gifts of the Spirit. All types of doctrine, they were divided. God doesn't want us divided. He wants us united. That's why He said we need to all speak the same thing. Amen. Now, now notice what else, what else it says here. It's very interesting. It says, uh, verse 20 says, When you come together, therefore, into one place, uh, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone taketh before another his own supper. One is hungry and another is drunken. What, have you not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise ye the church of God? Notice that phrase. Or despise ye the church of God and shame them that have not. What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. Now, he's addressing their tradition in having communion. Obviously, communion for them was a banquet. They came together to eat a meal. Maybe the evening meal. I don't know. But obviously, what they were doing is they were dividing the congregation up into different classes. They said, now, now all you guys with money that have brought really good food, y'all sit over here. And you guys that don't have any money that, you know, y'all just, y'all didn't bring much, y'all sit over here. And they were literally dividing themselves among themselves. They were doing it based on that, doing it based on other things. And Paul said, I'm not praising you for that. I praise you not. That is not right. Listen, the only place on the planet where there is true equality is the body of Christ. Let me say that again. The only place on the planet where there is true equality is in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, then he goes into teaching on the communion ordinance. He says, For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take this, take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Everybody say, broken for me. Say it again, broken for me. Broken for you. 
This do ye in remembrance of me. After the same manner he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Everybody say, in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily. Another, a better, a better way to say that, in an unworthy manner. So what they were doing was an unworthy manner. Anyway, we separate ourselves from each other and try to worship God is not worthy of God. Amen. Now we do things around here that 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 are you know I mean you would you would think on the surface that you know uh, uh, they're very innocent in application and they are and we do it uh, because of ministry's sake. We have men's meetings where just men come. Well, that way we're able to address subjects that we may not be able to address in a mixed crowd. And we have women's meetings uh, where just women's come. Well, they're able to address certain situations and, and subjects that men may not be uh, comfortable sitting sitting in and listening to. There's nothing wrong with that, but you won't see much other separation. Amen. You say, well, everybody that makes under $50,000, we're going to have a meeting for you next week out in the parking lot. But everybody, everybody makes over 50000 come on in. We're going to bring you into an air-conditioned building. I wouldn't stay around a church like that for 10 minutes. But you'd be surprised. There's a lot of churches that divide their, themselves against each other. And that's not good. Paul says it's not good. He says, and when you come to take communion in that way, you're doing it in an unworthy manner. It says, uh, therefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink uh, this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man or woman examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of that cup. Now notice this. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation unto himself. Now notice this term. Not discerning the Lord's body. Or actually saying like this. You don't understand the Lord's body. Or we'll actually just make it real plain. You don't understand church. The problem with a lot of people, the reason a lot of people get sick is they don't understand church. They just, they just don't understand it. I don't know why I have to go to church. I didn't understand it as a child. Our parents took us to church every service. I mean, every service. We were there Sunday morning. We were there Sunday night. We were there Wednesday night. We were there for all the special meetings. We were there on Thursday night for Royal Rangers and Missionettes. I mean, we were there all the time. I did not understand that. I thought that was wrong. I thought I was being robbed of my time. I did not understand the church. But you have to understand, the Apostle Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, has termed the church a body. Not like a student body at a school but literally, organically, as a physical body. Amen. And when people don't understand that, it segregates them from the grace that is upon the church. You say, what do you mean by that? There is a grace on the church. Now, now we, we use it in its local setting because we're all members of Island Church, so we talk about Island Church. But there is a grace on the church universally around the world. There is a grace on the church, a grace for protection, a grace for prosperity, a grace for healing and health, a grace for deliverance. It's God's ability working for us just because we are. 
Now let me say that again. It's God's ability working for us just because we are. So if we take it lightly or we take it for granted, we don't discern what the church is all about. We don't discern the Lord's body. When you get in and begin to dig into that teaching on the church, you begin to realize Jesus, Jesus is not returning in the rapture for us individually. He's coming back for a glorious, He's coming back for a glorious church. And only within the confines of the church can we have our spots and wrinkles removed. Everybody says amen. All the ladies say. <laughs> amen. That means only within the confines of the church can an individual mature spiritually. You can have every element of spiritual maturity in place and miss that one element and you've missed it all. We're part of a body, not like a student body, but like a physical or an organic body. Now notice this. Notice what it says. For this cause, everybody say for this cause. For this cause, many are weak and sickly and many among you sleep or die prematurely. Now think about this. If you're a born if you're a born again believer, now this is amazing. This is an amazing reality. If you're a born again believer, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You are sick, diseased, infirmed, injured. There's a cause. That's not true of the world. There's no cause. You say, what do you mean by that? I mean the world's just sick. The world is sick by nature. Let me say that again. Maybe you'll understand. The world is sick by nature. The nature of sickness and disease is loosed in Adam's fallen family. But in the body of Christ, when you were redeemed, you were redeemed from the curse of sickness, death, and poverty. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. When you got born again, you also got healed. You are as healed as you are saved. But if you do not discern the Lord's body, then that opens the door and creates a cause. The Bible says in Proverbs uh, 26, verse 2, I think it is, the curse causeless shall not come. I mean, anytime I've ever been attacked with sickness or disease or, or, or been injured badly, I always, I always go to God and say, Lord, what's the cause of this? What happened? And it's always me, something I've done, something I've messed up someplace where I've gotten in trouble, open the door to the adversary to come in and attack me. You know what it's been in my life? It's been being out of the will of God. I'm telling you, being out of the will of God opens the door for the curse to come upon you. Now, now hold your finger right there. We're going to come right back. Just a page or so over. should be just a page. There in 1 Corinthians 12, great chapter talks about the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Holy Ghost. Now listen to what it says, beginning in verse 12. It says, For as the body is one, everybody say one, and hath many members, and all members of that body, being many, are one, so also is Christ. Now do you see that? What does the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, call the body? He calls it Christ. He calls it Christ. Now listen to me. Don't get mad at me. This is I can show you it 15 ways in the Word. Actually, I'm writing a book about this right now. The way you respond to the local church that God adds you to 
is directly proportionate to the way God judges you on the way you would respond to Jesus if he were standing in your presence. Now, if Jesus showed up right here on this property three times a week, would you be here? If he was here to save, if he was here to heal, if he was here to deliver in bodily form, would you be here? Sure you would. Well, he's here. Where the two or three gather together, Jesus said, there I am, right in the midst. He's here in the form of the Word. He's here in the person of the Holy Ghost. And literally, when we judge the church as a, well, that's just where I go hang out for a couple hours on Sunday. That's a social organization. And that's the problem with our society in the United States. Most churches, that's what they are, social organizations. They have a generational aspect to them. They really don't care much about evangelism. But see, God's raising up His body today to understand who they are and who the church is so that the church can become the glorious entity that God wants it to be on the earth. He wants us to be the body of Christ. Now notice this. Let me read that scripture again. That's powerful. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. He's talking about the physical body. He's talking about your human body. He says, uh, For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, we have all been made to drink into one spirit. Do you see that? That's what, listen, the, the, the Spirit of God that abides on the inside of us is more powerful than the blood of your human family. Amen? You've got to understand that. It says, for the body is not one member but many. Now listen to this. If the foot shall say, because I'm not of the hand, I'm not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. And if the ear shall say, because I'm not of the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole, if the whole, if the whole were hearing, where's the smelling? Now, but now, but now hath God set members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. And if they were all one member, how does that make up a body? Where are the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. The eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For if our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to the part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Now, now Paul is saying, you've got to look at your body and say, church. Now, your body functions miraculously. It's, a, it's an amazing work of art. It's the handiwork of God. I mean, evolution, that, that's... You just take the human heart and look at that and think, sure, yeah, that evolved. You're, the Bible says you are gloriously and wondrously made. Now, the functioning 
ability of your body to help sustain life in you is dependent upon every member of your body functioning correctly. Now let me say that again. The functioning ability of your body to sustain life is dependent on the different members of your body functioning correctly to impart that life to you. You can have one little organ mess up and it'll affect your whole body. Amen. I met a guy one time. He, he was going to chop his little toe off because he was, he was uh, you know, the numbers used to come up in, in, during the Vietnam War. They had the, the, the uh, draft numbers. They'd come up in the paper and his number came up. So he took a hunting knife and a hammer and chopped off his little toe. Well, they took him anyway. <laughs> and he did two tours in Vietnam with little, without a little toe. And he said, I never missed anything in my life more than I missed that little toe. He said, my boot didn't fit right. My socks didn't fit right. He said, I didn't walk right. My back hurt. He said, and all it was because one little piece of my body was gone. Now, you know in your own situation, all it takes is one hurt on your body, and it affects your whole body. Your whole body hurts. That's because your body needs every part. Now, let me say that again. Your body needs every part. And in the same light, the body of Christ needs every part. It doesn't just need an anointed pastor. It doesn't just need an anointed, talented praise and worship leader. It doesn't just need quality people that work in the technical fields. It needs every member functioning and supplying that which that member brings into the body. And when you're not here and when you're not functioning, it takes away from the body. I'm like, let me tell you something. Coming to church regularly will heal you. Amen. I'm going to tell you three things that will keep you healthy. The Word of God every day. Prayer every day. And coming to church every time the doors are open will heal you. Will heal you. I've challenged people for years. Come to Island Church one year, every service, and see if it doesn't change your life. It absolutely will. It's not our ability to do it. It's the Word of God's ability to do it. So when sickness and disease attacks your physical body, you've got to begin to think, what in the world am I doing in response to the church that I'm not doing correctly or I'm not doing right? What is it? Why am I like this? What is the cause? What has opened the door to this sickness, this disease, this oppression from the devil trying to kill me, trying to destroy me, trying to keep me in pain, trying to do all these things? What is this? What is this? See, we don't do that many times. We, we, we blame things, blame this, blame that. Now, let me say this. I don't care what your past life was like. That makes no difference to me. Because a lot of times the people are making, well, I was a drug addict. I was an alcoholic. I smoked four packs of cigarettes for 40 years. It don't make any difference. When you came into the body of Christ, you became His. I said, you became His. And in order to maintain divine health and wholeness, you've got to correctly discern the body of Christ. I've seen, tragically have seen, people that rose up and opposed ministry for many years all over. I mean, places where I've preached, places where I've gone, where people have got up 
and vocally oppose it. And God, in his mercy, would put up with it and put up with it and put up with it and put up with it. But eventually, those individuals would what? They'd sleep. They'd die prematurely. And there was no reason for them to die. And the reason they would die prematurely is they did not discern the body of Christ. People that had fought churches. People that have... I remember when I was uh, uh, in the Bible school at Lakewood, there was a group of people that came down. And it's, it was so sad because this gentleman was a man that, that, that Pastor Osteen took under his wing and mentored into the ministry. And the man had a powerful ministry. And he... he, he read a silly book just a stupid book that's why you got to be careful what you read and it talked about how you know anybody that speaks in tongues anybody that believes in healing they're, they're all of the devil and he bought into that and he and his church I'll never forget this as long as I live he and his church they protested our camp meeting that year we had a Thanksgiving camp meeting that ran from Sunday through Sunday with, camp, with uh, Thanksgiving being on Thursday uh, we had uh, three services a day. We had a, a night service, a, a morning service, an afternoon service. We had all kinds of speakers from all over the United States. It was just a glorious. And here they, here, here they were out in front of the church with big signs marching around, big signs that said, John Osteen is of the devil. Kenneth Hagin is of the devil. Faith Men, and they marched and marched. And out there, it was kind of a warm winter that year in 1984, kind of a warm winter. So Brother Osteen instructed the ushers to go out there and bring them water, ask them if they needed anything. And it grieved him. You could tell it just broke his heart. And I know that he was praying for this individual. The guy had a church. Actually a church of almost a thousand members. And they weren't for anything. They were against everything. Three years later, they had a church in a Christian school. There was an accusation made. And it was proved untrue. An accusation was made of child molestation. Untrue. And the pastor took a pistol and blew his brains out dissolve the church that didn't need to happen that did not need to happen but there was a cause there was a reason why it happened I know another minister that uh, had a powerful ministry in praying for people for their tumors to dissolve and they had uh, a testimony after testimony after testimony and in a particular city uh, there were several women who were who were uh, had breast cancer and had tumors in their breast and, and they had very, uh, uh, how would you say, uh, ministered to them in a very right way, and then had the ladies of the church take all these women back into the into the women's uh, uh, facilities and examine them and bring them back out. Nine out of the ten, their tumors had disappeared. The other one disappeared within three days. Well, I'd say that was pretty miraculous. Well, a man in the church just rose up, got mad, began to lie begin to talk about this minister and say, you know, he was he was just trying to touch women's breasts. That's not true. Totally untrue. The Spirit of God came on this minister and he warned him. He said, listen, you can talk about me all day long, but don't talk about the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ in the body of Christ. This minister left town. The testimony of what happened is amazing because this minister said, if you don't stop this, next Saturday at 3 o'clock you'll die. The next Saturday at 3 o'clock, without a cloud in the sky, there was a clap of thunder and a flash of lightning. And that man fell dead on his porch right there for this cause. For this cause. I'm telling you, God is very serious about the body of Christ. 
You've got to correctly discern what the church is. The church is Christ in the earth. We together, listen, you say, well, I'm not the preacher, and I, I don't work in the nursery, and I, I'm not an usher, I'm not, but your part, you bring a supply. Every person that comes to the church brings a supply to the church. You sit there, you worship God, you bring your faith, you bring your exuberance, you bring your joy. You bring that into the body, it completes the body so that the body will be healthy. And God wants every believer healthy, and he wants the entire body of Christ healthy, but we've got to learn to discern. Everybody say discern. So, let me finish with this. Go back to, to chapter 11. It says, For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many die or many sleep or, 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 or die prematurely. Now, notice verse 31. Here's, the, here's kind of the hinge of that entire teaching. It says, uh, For if we would judge ourselves... We should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the world that we should not be condemned with the world. Nobody say, judge yourself. Now, you have to continually judge yourself. Your motives, your desires, your heart. We, we taught on the heart back in the first of the year. Your heart. In all of this, man, I'll tell you. 30-something years ago when I came back to the Lord, I was so ready to be through with sin and through with its lifestyle and through with all of the, of the drama that sin produces. I tell you, I look for a meeting every night. I went everywhere. I run the tires off of my car. I drove back and forth to Tulsa, I think, three times in that first year. I drove back and forth to Lakewood Church every day for nine months. And on, on, on Sundays, I'd go up there and stay with my sister. I'd go up there at 8, 30, 9 o'clock in the morning. Wouldn't come home till midnight. I've been like that ever since. I love church. I love camp meetings. I love conferences. I don't care whether I'm preaching or I'm not preaching. I love to be gathered together with the body of Christ more than anything else. This is God. This is Jesus in the earth. And we've gone through a phase in the body of Christ. The user-friendly, seeker-friendly. Don't ever put any pressure on anybody. Let's not have any type of a long service. Let's, you know, the Bible says in the last days, you're going to you're gonna have to endure sound te teaching. I mean, you're going to have to sit there and go through it, listen to it, and make application of it to your life. It'll save your life. Amen. It's a shame. It is a shame. Now, let me say this again. It is a shame that we, as a church, cannot have two and three and four week meetings. Well, pastor, people get tired. They got a lot, of, lot to do. You're not discerning the body of Christ. You say, would you do it if you could? I would. Well, why don't we just do it? You can't, you can't do that. You can't do it. It's not acceptable right now. I mean, all we can get by with is a, is a Sunday through Wednesday, two services a day. We went a week one time, and it was glorious. But you could tell by that last day people were. And we'd had the power of God flowing in every meeting. I remember Brother Jeff Spring came in. We, we, gave, him, we gave him a week-long revival during the day. Y'all remember that? And it was glorious. The power of God moved. People were healed of cancer. All kinds of great things happened. 
We had Pastor Mark. We had Pastor Sam. We had, we had Joe Morris. We had, we had all these people come in and preach and prophesy and pray. And we had praise and worship and singers all week long. Should have went another week. No, but we're busy. See, we're not discerning the Lord's mind. What if true revival breaks out? Will it be too inconvenient for you? What if the Spirit of God begins to move at Island Church in such a way that we have services every day and we need several teams to handle that? And when you drive up here, people are lined up down the sidewalk to get in. Oh, everybody goes, woo, hallelujah, but are you really ready for that? Are you really ready for that? you really think you are ready for that? To so inconvenience yourself as to be part. The great revival that took place in Pensacola lasted almost six years. Not one member of the original church remained in that sixth year. Every member of that original church was gone. Amen. Do you really want to move with God? Do you really, really want, do you really want Jesus to stand up upon this earth in the body of Christ and be Jesus? Well, here's the thing. God will find a people that will. He'll find a people that want to do that. And I believe He'll find it here in us. But we've got to judge ourselves. Is church too inconvenient for Is prayer too inconvenient? We gather on Saturdays now and pray, and it's glorious. We had about 50 that first Sunday, and now we've kind of reduced it down to about 20, 25. Listen, there ought to be 100 people there praying. There ought to be 100 people there interceding. But it's just not convenient. There's nothing about God that is convenient. It all inconveniences you. We need to judge ourselves on those things. The Word of God, when it's taught, it ought to be so precious to you. You ought to, you ought to have your, your, your laptop, your, your notes, your, your, your Bibles. Uh, you ought to go home and, and restudy it and look at the notes you wrote and, and think about, well, is God speaking this to me or that to me? You ought to be so interactive with the Word of God that it's literally going on in your mind all the time. All the time. It's just rolling around in your mind. I know it's a process. It takes time to get there, but that's what God wants for us. Then evangelistically, we ought to be so on fire for God that everyone we run into, we are a witness unto them. The other day, we have a neighbor across the street who's unique. We love him, but he is unique. And uh, he has some issues. And the other day, I think I'd been gone. I'd been gone for uh, three days. I up, was up in uh, uh, Shreveport, Pastor Sam's conference. And I pulled up and got out of my truck, and here he comes running across the street with his arms like this. He said, I just got to have a hug for my pastor. He's never been in this church. He's never attended one meeting. And he reeked, if you know what I mean, from several vices. But he came, and he grabbed me, and he just held on to me. He said, I had to have a hug for my pastor. And he turns back and goes back. Amen. I have another man I'm ministering to by, by text message. We got that beautiful text from him the other day. Mr. Bill Carter. He calls me. He says, you're my pastor. I don't care. what You're my pastor. He's never been in this church. I have other people say the same thing about me. You say, well, I'm a witness everywhere I go. I don't talk any different out there than I talk right here in the pulpit. Every one of us need to realize that any healthy entity reproduces. It reproduces. 
And there needs to be a reproduction process in you. If not, you're not judging yourself correct. You say, well, I'm going through a trial. I'm going through a tribulation. I'm going through real trouble. I'm fighting a disease. That ought to be your greatest witness. As you tell people, glory to God. I've got the answer. I've got the cure. I've got what I need. Jesus is my supply and my sufficiency. Amen. If you'll do that, then I guarantee you, you'll be part of the functioning body. Now, real quick. Oh, how did my time get away? We need to receive our communion. Is this helping anybody? Judge ourselves in reference to the body. Now, you do that with your physical body. Amen. I mean, everyone checks themselves out. I got a splinter one time in my hand. And I was too busy to mess with it. I was out doing something out in the marsh or something. I think building a duck blind or something. And I brought a run a splinter into the side of my hand. And so I didn't really have anything to deal with it. So I just kind of forgot about it. Went on with the day. Kept on doing it. was cold. The water was cold. The air was cold. I got home that evening. I'd forgotten about it. My body had responded to it. I mean, I, I looked at it and went, oh, man. That whole side of my hand was red. That, that Where that splinter was, my body had lifted that thing up and started the process of pushing it out. I thought, I'd better give myself some help here. I just got the tweezers and pulled it right out. But see, unattended to, that could have affected my entire body. Now, we do that with our physical body. We see a, some kind of a mark, a blemish, a, a bump, a lump, or something. What is that? We check it out. With the, with the body of Christ, we've got to do the same thing. But we don't examine one another. Well, I can see, I can see a, I can see a knot on you, you know. <laughs> well, how Jesus said, you know, I can see a, I can see a log in your eye, you know. No, check out the, the, the splinters in your hand. Check out, judge yourself. Now, here, here's some simple things. Number one, judge yourself on your love walk. Are you really walking in love? Are you forgiving? Do you have a forgiving heart? Are you letting go of the, the dramas of your life which cause, which cause you such stress and irritation? Has somebody great, great, greatly wronged you? Are you carrying that hurt and bitterness on the inside? Let it go. It's not worth it. It opens the door to the devil. He can come in and oppress your physical body. For this cause, many are sick. For this cause, many are weak. And for this cause, many die prematurely. You must walk in love and forgiveness. I don't care what has happened to you. I don't care who has done what to who. You have to walk in love. You have to be forgiving. It is demanded of you of your God. Let me say it again. It is demanded of you, of your God. And if you have issues in your life that go back years where you've got bitterness and hurt, cut it off. Let it go. You say, how do I do that? You speak to it. You say, I am not going to carry this any longer. I am a forgiving person. I forgive them. You say it out loud, loud enough for it to make an impact on you. You say, well, they're already dead and gone. Do it anyway. Don't let the bitterness of yesterday's unforgiveness spoil you and open the door for the adversary to attack your life. Judge yourself when it comes to your love walk and forgiveness. Amen? Judge yourself on the will of God. You know, God will put up with you for years. Years and years and years. Heard a testimony the other day. They were 
man was being buried in his 60s. Minister that was burying him cried out to God, said, Lord, why couldn't he get healed? And the Lord spoke to me and he said, because there was a call of God on his life. And he knew it when he was a young boy. And I've been waiting for him for 40 years. And he never responded. So this would be just as good as an opportunity for him to come on home as any other. God has a specific will for each and every one of us. And it may not be to be a pastor or a missionary or some great minister somewhere. That that, that has no relevance. The will of God for you, the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God is to be a part of the body. A functioning part of the body. And you need to be seeking His will and consecrating yourself to that will. Now look, we're going to have some, I'm not going to give you all the details. You'll get them here in a few weeks. We're going to have some, some big changes coming up in Island Church. We're making some adjustments. We're, we're, we're doing some things. It's going, to, it's going to be amazing. It's going to take our church to a new level. But I'm going to exhort everyone in the church. Can you sing? Can you play an instrument? Can you usher? Can you work with children? Can you work with teenagers? Anything. Do something. Don't be an active, passive. Be an active member of the body. That's the will of God for you. Because if you can enter into the generic will of God for your life, you'll find the specific destiny of your life. Amen? I'm telling you the will of God too many times. You think, well, I don't know, man. It's not convenient. It's not easy. It won't be sometimes. But I'm telling you, that's where that grace covers you and keeps you healed and keeps you blessed and keeps you strong in the Lord and the power of His might. It's when you start getting away from it. Amen? Nothing's more vulnerable than a little lamb that has wandered away from the flock because the predators know. And wolves are really smart. If you study the history of wolves, they have the ability to go into a flock of sheep and play with the sheep and entertain the sheep so that they can bring the sheep away from the flock and destroy them. And the Bible says there's always wolves that try to rise up, both in and outside the body. So you've got to be careful of people. You've got to be careful of people that draw your attention away from your purpose in the body of Christ. Because every one of you have a purpose. You're a functioning part of the body of Christ, and functioning in that place will keep you healthy. It'll keep you blessed. One more, and then we'll receive. The reproduction part again. Every seed reproduces after its own kind. You've been born again. You're saved by the life and power of Almighty God. The reason, now listen to me. This, this, this may help you, may not. It helped me years ago. The reason you are born again. Now let me say that again. The reason you are born again. Now we can talk about Jesus. and That's right. Let's talk about right down here where the rubber meets the road. The reason you are born again is someone was interested in reproduction. Whether one individual led you to the Lord, just minute, or whether some great crusade somewhere you came to the Lord, someone was interested in reproduction and got the gospel to you and not only got you born again, but also planted a seed of reproduction in you. And in the kingdom of God, Every seed reproduces after its own kind. Get someone saved. Get them saved. Pray with them right there. Take their hand. Say, well, I don't know. I'm kind of shy. I'm kind of... No, no. 
when you begin the process, God will anoint you, put words in your mouth and an anointing on your testimony to bring someone to the Lord. Then bring them to the house of God so they might be discipled into the body of Christ. The Bible says the Lord added to the church daily as many of those as should be saved. That means if they don't get saved, they don't get added to the church. Now, here at Island Church, we've always experienced altar calls on Sunday where people came up and got saved. You know what tell you why? Let me tell you why. The reason is, is because we're actively involved in getting people saved all over the world. And every seed reproduces after its own kind. People come here, one of two things. At the end of the service, if they're not right with God, they come up and get right with God or they get saved for the first time. Some of you are sitting out here because of that. But we need as the body to be more involved. We're going to talk about some of the changes that we make here in a few weeks that's going to put more evangelism into our church because there's going to be more evangelism in you because that's part of being healthy. That's part of being healthy. Amen? You love the Lord tonight? I want you to lift your hands up and worship God. Lord, we worship you. Father, we, gentlemen, you can come and begin to pass out the communion implements. Now let me go back real quick and I'm going to emphasize this one part for healing tonight and when we receive communion tonight both the bread and the cup I want all of those needing healing in their body to stand and just as an act of faith many of you we've already laid hands on you believe God with you but it's, it's this part I want to emphasize now at this point in the service First Corinthians 11, verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, speaking of the bread, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is, now notice, broken for you. This do ye in remembrance of me. Now, when we taught on healing, we made these statements, and they, they're still ring true today. There are many ways to get healed. You know, in the past, there was an evangelist here in America, still around, still doing meetings, still has great anointing on his life, named Benny Hinn. I remember, ever heard of Benny Hinn, Pastor Benny Hinn. Uh, we've blessed, we've been in his meetings, I've sat on his platform, great anointing. In his meetings, there was a flow of the gifts of the Spirit, gifts of healing and operation. Many people, uh, back in the, in the 90s when we used to attend some of his meetings, and then even after the church started, we went to some of his meetings, I would say that he packed out most auditoriums he went to. So there would be anywhere from 17 to 30,000 people in the auditorium. And in those meetings, many got healed, but many did not get healed. Let me say that again. Many got healed. Many did not get healed. As a child, I was in meetings where there was a, a woman evangelist named Catherine Kuhlman. And in her meetings, many got healed. There were some outstanding healings that took place. Cancers being healed, growths disappearing, cripples walking, powerful manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit and the grace and mercy of God. But a lot of people went home not healed. Uh, Brother Kenneth E. Hagan, somebody we've studied after for many years. We knew him personally. Our family knew him personally. In his meetings, many got healed. 
but many did not get healed. Dr. Oral Roberts influenced our life. Same way with him. Many got healed. But the point I'm trying to make is this. Every individual, there is a potential at any moment in a body of Christ setting for the gifts of the Spirit to come as the Spirit wills and impart healing to you. That's just as the Spirit wills. But every believer that will stand on the Word of God and make a decision to believe they receive healing will receive it. Apart from any minister ministering healing to them. Heard the testimony of a lawyer. He woke up one morning over in California, had a spot somewhere on his body, kind of an alarming looking thing. He went to the doctor and he had one of he had contracted one of the most radical cancers known to men. I mean it's just and the doctors just gave him a death sentence. And they said, Well, you've got like six to eight to ten months. He said, well, what if I take therapy? He said, well, it really doesn't make any difference. This is going to eat you up. His mother was a Presbyterian and had gotten filled with the Holy Ghost. He got filled with the Holy Ghost. And upon her being filled with the Holy Ghost, she subscribed to a magazine called Word of Faith, put out by a particular ministry. In that magazine, there was an advertisement for something called Healing School in which you went and attended every day in the afternoon up in Tulsa, Oklahoma and sat under the ministry of a certain teacher minister. And actually, it was several different ones at that time that were teaching on healing every day. Now, now this man's not saved. He's not born again. He's not saved. But he's a lawyer. And so his mother went with him. And the first week they went, and, and, you know, he asked, well, what do you think? He said, well, I don't know about all this, you know. Second week, third day, he turned to her and said, I got it. He said, are you going to go up there and have him pray for you? He said, no, I don't need to go get prayed for. You need, don't you need hands? No, I don't need hands laid on you. He said, no, I got it. I, I heard what he said. I see it in the Word of God. I got it. He flew back to, to California, had them examine him. They couldn't find any cancer in his body. He's gone. See, anybody can receive that way. And so his mother called him about six months later and said, how are you feeling? I'm doing fine. Said, she said, isn't it marvelous? Jesus is your healer. He said, yeah, he's my Savior too. He'd given his heart to the Lord gotten born again. But Jesus healed him by the Word of God just sitting under the teaching of the Lord. See, that's, a, that's the health of the body of Christ right there. Now, in the communion service, we celebrate. Everybody say celebrate. We celebrate. Now, notice this. Take eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Now, I want every person that needs healing in their body to stand right now. If you need healing in your body, I want you to stand right now. Now, in a moment, I'm going to pray over the bread. Then I'm going to ask you to break it and take it. And I'm going to believe, God, that a revelation will dawn upon you that the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ is the full supply of what you need to bring healing and health to your body. That it will dissolve cancer, that it will destroy tumors, that it will remove diabetes, that it will do what you need it to do in your body because His body was broken and you're being put in remembrance of that tonight. That you're judging yourself, you're reconciling yourself unto the body of Christ. You are part of that body, amen, which we're all a part of. And by that, you are receiving what belongs to you, which is your portion of healing that Jesus' body was broken for. 
Now hold it up high to the Lord. Let me pray. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, your word says, Jesus was bruised, well, wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. You said in your word, the law of the spirit of life in Christ sets us free from the law of sin and death. It is not right that Christians be sick, infirmed, injured, attacked by cancer, arthritis, tumors, diabetes, or any other diabolical disease. For our Lord and Savior, Jesus of Nazareth, bore it upon his body as his body was beaten, as his body was bruised, as he was whipped and wounded, he assimilated and assumed all sickness, all disease, so that we by his sacrifice are healed in Jesus' name. In remembrance and acceptance of that healing power, we break that bread and receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now everybody else stand. Heavenly Father, the title document deed, which is, is your word, which is your word, declares not by the blood of bulls and goats, but by his own blood entered he once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Heavenly Father, we realize that the title deed for our healing is the Word of God. We have it in title form, but Father, we need it in manifestation. Lord, the ink that penned that title was this blood. It is the New Testament in His blood. It has established our salvation. It has established our healing. It has established our deliverance. And in great honor and recognition, of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we partake of the cup in Jesus' name. Now, the only missing component now is worship. So I want you to lift your hands. Close your eyes. Begin to receive God's healing power into your body as you worship the Lord. Heavenly Father, we worship you. You are Jehovah Rapha, the healer and the health of our body. Under a lesser covenant, you sent your word, and it fell upon Israel, and it healed them. In their disobedience, the serpents and the vipers crawled out of the sand and began to bite them. But you put it upon the pole, and you said those that would look upon it would be healed. But Father, we got a better covenant based on better promises. And we don't look at a serpent upon a pole. We look at the Savior of our lives, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And we are born again. We are redeemed. And we are healed in our bodies by the broken body and precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we will not be denied the manifestation of that power. But we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. And we declare your healing virtue flowing, 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 flowing into our physical bodies, bringing forth health and healing. Oh, how we thank you. Oh, how we worship you, Lord. 
how we glorify your name. Oh, basafra ketele mahaso pakestele. Come on, church, take a moment and worship God. Oh, me sobra keso telebehe. Ibarasa, ere me keso baratele. Mekere baso remengele. Irabaso rabakaso stelebete. Irabaso meneto stelebeki. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, real quick, if you've got a message in tongues, wave at me real quick. Anyone? For it is true. Not only is it true, it is truth. The facts may be contrary to the truth. But if you will stand on that which you know, and even that which you've heard tonight, and say on a continual basis, I have received from the Lord. I have received from the Lord. I have received from the Lord. No sickness, no disease, no infirmity of any kind can find a lasting habitation in your physical body. For it must go. For the authority is in your hands and the ability to resist the devil is upon you. Therefore, make a decision this night. I will not allow these things to continue to exist in me. But I will, line upon line, precept upon precept, in every area and in every way stand on the truth of what God has said about my healing and I believe I receive and I stand rejoicing in his presence that healing is mine and it comes to me in Jesus name now lift your hands and thank God for it thank you Lord thank you Lord be healed in Jesus name be healed in Jesus name be healed in Jesus name Thank you, Jesus. Now, you can be seated. We want to receive the offering real quick. And then we have, a, we have a meet and greet in the back for everyone that wants to come and fellowship a little bit. Let me give you one more piece of instruction. I know we've gone a little over time, but that's all right. It's summertime. Missionary that was sick, had a particular disease. If you're giving by cash, you can lift your hands. I'll bring you an offering envelope had a particular disease and, and was very knowledgeable of the Word of God and had spent a lot of time praying and believing God, was hospitalized and was dying of this particular disease and cried out to the Lord, Lord, why am I dying? I, I don't understand. And the Lord gave her a vision, showed her one of those scales, you know, those scales of justice, how they look. They got the, the scale and the, and the deal in the middle there. And, and, and on one side of the scale, it, she said it said prayer, and it was weighted way down low, heavy with prayer, lots of prayer, pray every day. And the other side, it said worship, and it was way up here. And the Lord spoke to her and said, you're out of balance. I said, quit praying and start worshiping me. Well, she began, it took her three days. I said, she'd lay in the bed and sing. She'd lay in the bed and worship God every day. The third day, she rose up, totally healed. But that's not the end of the story. The anointing that came upon her for healing 
was so profound that almost that entire floor in that hospital received healing because she worshiped God. So tonight, you may be a person that has been praying and praying and seeking God. Quit doing all that. Just start worshiping God. Just start every day. Lift your hand. Thank you, Father. Thank you for my healing. Thank you that I'm healed. Thank you. And do it on the basis of His Word. Not how you feel. Not what the doctors say. Do it on the basis of His Word. And let the joy of the Lord rise up in you. Amen. I mean, something may be attacking you on the inside, but you don't have to lose your joy. Keep a smile on your face. Keep a skip in your step. Be joyful everywhere you go. You say, well, I just, you know, when I feel bad, I just, I just, I, I feel bad. I'll, don't do that. Force yourself. Make a decision. I'm going to act healed. I had to do that one time for four months. Under some of the most alarming physical symptoms. I mean, I hurt all over. I had pain in every joint. I had, I, I'd get so hot, I, I couldn't get cool. And I'd get so cold, I couldn't get warm. And it went on day after day after day. And I just kept worshiping God. I just kept thanking God. I just kept worshiping. I ended up over in Hawaii. I thought I was going to die. I thought I was literally going to die. I felt so bad. Actually, to, 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 to coin a phrase, I would have had to have died to get better. I mean, I was sick. But I just kept worshiping God. And I remember coming into my hotel room at about 3 or 4 in the afternoon. Same routine, rolling up in that blanket, shivering and falling asleep and waking up at 8 o'clock in the morning. And I remember walking out, and the first thing I noticed was the smell at this particular hotel. It was old Sheraton Makaha, way down on the west end of the island of Oahu. They have huge plumeria trees all over the property. And when you walk out, it smells like somebody's gone around spraying perfume. Some of, the, some of these guys know what they've been there. They know what it's like. But nobody has. It's just the smell of those trees. I remember... I took a deep breath. I thought, man, that smells good. And then I, I checked myself and I thought, man, I, I feel good. Now, that's really neat when you hadn't felt good in a long time. I thought, I feel good. And I walked a little further and I thought, man, I feel real good. And then I had this thought, I feel healed. And I walked a little further. I, get, I started walking toward the, remember we used to have breakfast out on that lanai. I started walking toward that lanai, going up there to order. And I thought, glory to God. I mean, I'm telling you, I was almost hysterical. I was laughing. I, I was so full of joy. Because listen, when the, when the manifestation of the power of God comes and sets you free, many times it's not what you feel happen. It's what you no longer feel. Not what you no longer sense. Talked to a guy the other day that the Lord had touched him here in one of these services. He says, you know, I went three or four days and then all of a sudden it dawned on me I don't hurt no more. Glory to God. That means you're healed. That means the healing that belongs to you has manifested for you. Amen. Praise God. You ready to give tonight? Hallelujah. Hold up. Just hold your offering up. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful that I'm part of the body of Christ. And I'm a giver. Therefore, I sow, thanking you, Lord, that in my sowing, all grace is provided for me. That grace which I need for healing is manifesting in my body. I will awaken. I will arise and shine. I will come up healed in Jesus' name. I refuse to settle for nothing less. For Jesus is my Lord, my Savior, and my healer. In his name I pray. Amen.
Praise God. Thank you for joining us. We trust you enjoyed the message today. For services and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.